This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to Chicks Talking Footy uh, with Fee and with Motti. And with us today on the eve of the AFLW Season 8 is General Manager of Women's Football, Nicole Livingston. Welcome, Nick. It's nice to be in the studio with you rather than in the elements out on a balcony somewhere at a footy exactly. game. Exactly. Thanks so much for coming in. Pleasure. Um, we'll start with the big questions, which is often the way we like to go. When you're at the footy, is it pie, chips or hot dog? Can, can I share a little secret with you? Of course. <laughs> I have only at AFLW eaten a pie on one occasion and it was a closet eating pie because I had a photographer in the first season that I came to AFLW say, I'm just waiting to get a photo of you eating a pie. <laughs> do, do you, have, you heard of the, have you heard of the comedian Geraldine Hickey? Yes, I have. She's a big bomber supporter and she's exactly the same. <laughs> she will not eat a pie because she saw someone getting it all over them yeah. on the screen one yeah. time and she goes, no, nah, yeah. I don't so, want to So from me. that moment on, because you know it will be the photo of me with my mouth open with a pie <laughs> like falling <laughs> out one sauce. side and then all my friends on social media will have a ball with that. So, so I, I do like a pie and can I tell you that in Adelaide, which was the one place that I have had a sneaky pie at the football, uh, I think it was at Unley Oval, South Australia do a footy pie. Have you seen it? No. Oh. It's really good. It's a bit more of an oval shape. I bit can't more, believe bit more gravy. Bechdale has not told us about this. No, yeah. she's, she's a pro Adelaide. supporter. Ask about the footy pie. She's our Adelaide specialist. Okay, now that we've nailed that, um, and we won't bother looking for you with a pie. Just, just a nice little. Only <laughs> offer under the stands. We'll only offer you a nice little chip, that's dainty it, yes, little that's chip it. from now on. So I said season eight then, and unbelievable how quickly they've gone. Yeah, Isn't it is. It? it is. And don't forget, we did two in one. So, that's right. Yeah. Um, and we had one that didn't get completed. So it's been one hell of a journey, hasn't it? Over seven years um, and now into our eighth season. So we completed seven seasons in six years. Mm. Uh, we're not at the final destination, but so far it's one hell of a journey. It's <laughs> packed a lot in. We have. Yeah, we have. And now we're complete. 18 teams, 540 players. It's, it's pretty exciting. Well, you've got there to the 18 teams a lot quicker than the men's game did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, <laughs> we did. And, and we think, and I think you'll understand this, as we were going on this journey when we started, not every club was wanting to bid for an AFLW team. They mm. were thinking that the growth was somewhere else. And then very quickly as we started AFLW, they cottoned on that the growth was actually in women. And not AFLX. Or China at that stage. I don't mind alternative formats. We do have a lot of women and girls playing alternative formats around Australia, in Australian football, to fit in where we don't have ovals. Because, of course, we've had so many women and girls come to the game. We need an oval a week, every week for the next five years to keep up with growth. So I don't mind alternative formats. Um, But, yeah, we've got to 18 clubs very quickly. And, And as I tour around and go to these clubs, sitting in the Swans the other day, how could you not have them with a women's mm. team? It makes sense that all 18 clubs also have an AFLW team. Sure does. I'm happy the Bombers are finally in. Yes, we, we waited a long time for the Hawks and Bombers to get in, didn't we, Moddy? That we did. And my on my angle, 
bombers, they, they might be slightly better than the men, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Happy about that. I, Look, I, it's I, been I, a difficult, difficult 10-plus years being yeah. a bomber supporter. Yeah, well, well, you've got some exciting women playing we on sure have. AFLW, and I would say that Hawthorne has recruited very well this we year. We have drafted very well, yeah. I believe. Uh, so there was a lot of conjecture about how many rounds this season would be made up of. Mm. And um, for us super fans, it seemed like an eternity before it was announced that there'd be 10 rounds, which is actually no change from season seven. But despite the players being very keen for a 12-round season, uh, how and why did you settle on 10 and how intense were those discussions? Yeah, look, the discussions continue. We're still, um, the AFL and the AFLPA are still discussing the collective bargaining agreement and what I will say is that there's a negotiating team from both sides that are working through that and it'll take the time that it takes. Um, we, uh, in the history of AFLW, have only done one multi-year deal in a CBA and that was a two-year deal. I think it was season three and season four. So to have something a bit more long-term uh, would be the aim so that we can plan in advance each and every year. In terms of the season length, I do want to try to start to steer this towards celebrating what we have mm. and remind everybody that seven years ago we didn't have anything. Uh, we now have 99 games. The first year that we started, we had 29. So actually our match growth is 241% from season one to season okay. eight. So they're big numbers. They're, it's a lot of growth. I hear a lot of people say, oh, yeah, but you play more community football or you play more rounds in state league or even Coates League, our, our pathway. You know, our rounds cost around $3 million per round to run. So do you, do you mean what the, the top level three million AFLW yeah yeah okay. yeah I mean collectively as an industry clubs and mm. the AFL we're nearing three hundred million dollars invested into AFLW in seven years I mean that is a lot and I think most Olympic sports would kill for those kind of budgets somebody told me the rugby sevens women's yearly budget the other day and it's nowhere near scratching anywhere near what we're doing. So, so there is a lot going into AFLW, but what we are trying to do is to do this sustainably. So it's here for our children, our grandchildren and generations to come. There's been plenty of examples of going too big too quickly and not being mm -hmm. able to be sustainable. So we're at 10 and 4. I'm trying to steer it away from talking about 10 and 4. And just to talk about the fact that we have AFLW season 2023 here and let's get into it. Let's celebrate it. Let's get into every single match that you want to get into and and barrack for your team and barrack for AFLW and barrack for women's football. Uh, and then we'll go again in, in the next season, season nine, season ten. And and we're not we're not adverse to growing. We want to do it sustainably though. We want to build the fandom. We want to build more people coming to the game, watching the game, listening to the game. Uh, and, and make it sustainable. Well, one of the big announcements last week was the one point one million dollar prize money and we were debating how this actually works so does the the it says the prize money was the same as the men's comp um ha, and it, how is it split between yep. four clubs whereas the women's is split between eight how does that yeah. all work and how's that break down so from the start of aflw when it first started february 3 2017 uh that was the way the prize money was split across all all teams that made the final of course as we bought more teams into the competition more mm. teams have made the final um, and it has been a directive or a request from the players and the PA that more women receive more money, more mm. pay. So, so rather than four, rather than four the top okay. four, which is no, where the men's were or where the men's is, is top four, but the prize money is equal and, and that's an increase of close to $600,000. That's not – let's not be flippant about that. That, that you know, mm. 
that that's a fair increase in in prize money, a, a big increase in prize money. But yes, it's split across eight teams, which means more women receive more pay. And how does it how does it work? So if they win a game, they, the club is expected to split that evenly across the players, or how does it? Yeah, it's across the list. Um, so the men's have a slightly different way that they calculate it. They calculate with the number of games that you've played. You get a percentage. Mm. Um, but for AFLW, it's split across the complete list of 30 players that are on the list. Oh, so great. again, more that's, women receiving more pay. That's fantastic. So it's like the tip jar at the cafe. Everyone just gets a split. <laughs> <laughs> Look, which, there's always a lot of discussion around that. Yeah. Yeah. I, feel bad. Everyone des- I feel bad for it. the tip jar now because nobody's got cash Nobody's ever. got it. <laughs> no. You can do it on a card now. Now. Well, I better get on to that. I uh, will. I oh, know. I'm writing a few things down. I had uh, so uh, I've got a few of your figures written down, which is good. Wonderful news this week that Laura Kane was announced as the AFL Executive General Manager of Football. I'm gathering that covers both. AFL, AFLW, yep. VFL, VFLW. Okay. So any oh, competition, goodness. Coats League, any competition that the AFL runs, Laura is in charge of that. That also extends to talent, umpiring. Um, so, yeah, she's the big kahuna. She's my boss. Wow. She, was in a, she was in a couple of she, – she joined us for our first episode back um, this year, which was unreal for her to come in. So we were thrilled. She's a fantastic appointment, shows the growth of women in football is very much off-field. As yeah. much as on, and yeah. is that is that been something that the AFL have wanted to progress? Absolutely. Um, you know, the AFL as an organisation, from an administration point of view, is around forty percent women now. Um, you know, Laura, uh, myself, Lisa, Laurie, we all sit together. Um, Lisa and myself will now report into Laura and have actually done so for the past few months as she's been acting. She's not only been acting in the EGM of football, but she's been doing the comp- Brad Scott's old job as well as her GM job. Like she's done three and jobs at once. She seems so calm. She's, <laughs> she's the best administrator I've met. Um, wow. You know, I've, I've met a lot through Olympics and through, through sport. She's calm. She's just really thoughtful. She's strategic. Um, she advocates and, and, you know, she loves the game. So I'm excited and, and I do want to make sure that it's crystal clear that, yes, she played AFLW or she played footy, women's footy. She's been a president of mm. a women's football club. But prior to her in, in the history of AFLW in the last seven years, we've also had Steve Hocking and Andrew Dillon as EGMs of football in, in the same role as now what Laura is taking. They equally loved women's football. They equally loved AFLW. Mm. So I don't want people to think that the men that came before Laura didn't support women's football and that now suddenly, you know, hallelujah, we've got a woman at the table so it will be different. Um, you know, she, she does understand it mm. intrinsically. But the men that came before her also loved and supported AFLW. I am looking forward to working with Laura as to where do we, we take it now. I, I, get, I get what you're saying and I, um, it never entered my head to think that the, those guys didn't support it. However, it's still the kids at home see Laura. Absolutely. You know, see Laura Kane. Yeah. Um, they see you. I don't know Lisa Laurie but they, mm. you know, Lisa and, and other, you know, and they can see them and they go, oh, or I could be a president of a club like Peggy or, yeah. you know, Kylie so, Watson-Wheeler. So we've, we've made a conscious effort to really focus on away from on-field football and making advancements for women to be able to work in the game. Uh, we want women to be able to look at administration of the game or coaching or umpiring or whatever it is that they want to be 
and understand that there is a pathway. Lisa has been running um, Women's Umpiring Talent Days around oh, the nation. Oh, gosh. Unbelievable. Mm. She's unearthed amazing female talent, um, women talent in, in umpiring. So she'll continue to evolve that. We had a 63% increase in women umpiring AFLW last year. Um, Laura has has hosted and run the Women in Football Department's pilot program. So we had 43 women from around the nation come in uh, to experience an immersion day. And, and they're already in the industry, mm. but not necessarily working in footy operations or the football departments. So it was about them getting a feel for it and if they want to be in football in the football department then they've got they've got a way to do it Um, we've got the women's coach acceleration program where we've got nine women coaches that we're co-funding in the men's program so this is daisy pierce coaching at at geelong Mm. you've got chloe mcmillan down at at Collingwood, Collingwood is that Chelsea yep. Rand? Yep, Chloe's one of them. Mm. Chelsea Randall um, over coaching with Matthew Nix. Um, so we have nine women across the nation that we're co-funding, and it's a decent wage because that's part of the issue with women when they want to jump jump in to do something like coaching. It's a bit bits and piecey, so mm. you know they're not paid a lot, so they have to do other jobs as well because they need to be able to support themselves and their families. So then the question comes: Well, how come she can't commit? Or you know, so so now these wages are two year contracts decent wages that the clubs are co-funding That's with the fantastic. AFL. That is so good. So yeah. good. There's is heaps it? going on. I mean, you just scratch the surface with what we're doing. The World Cup, the FIFA World Cup that's yep. just happened, I mean, there must be such a momentum coming from that on the back of all yeah. the, the AFLW season this year. Yeah, there I is. I mean, it really made a statement that if you don't invest in women's sport, you're a bit silly. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, we knew the Women's World Cup was coming. We knew the Matildas were beloved. Um, mm. There's nothing quite like the green and gold. We have been planning for AFLW season eight since November of last year. So we've had we've had a massive pre-season as well. Uh, <laughs> and we're really excited about the rebranding, the, you know, more than double the marketing budget that we've got to be able, I, I don't know whether or not you've gone past Rose Street and Fitzroy, you know, there, there are murals and there's, I, I know, actually run the, I run the market to, uh, block up from there, so. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it, a massive. It's like this it's big, everywhere. Yeah, I've seen them on, uh, you know, on socials, but not not live. Yeah. So so um, we've been doing this for quite some time. So I don't want people to think, oh, they've suddenly cottoned on. You know, the World Cups made them wake up. You know, we are committed to this. As I said, almost three hundred million dollars in investment as an industry into AFLW. We're not investing like that because we want to get it wrong. We are investing because we want to get it right. Mm. It's going to take some time to get where we want to get to, but we want to do it sustainably. And um, the World Cup just shows that, hallelujah, women play sport. Oh, and they play footy as well. Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> we became chicks talking the other footy for the a couple footy. of weeks. <laughs> it was so – it was just an energy which is amazing. Yeah. And yeah. I know, you know, lots of AFLW games obviously – if you're only at one game, it's a much smaller scale. But and we can go back to the first game ever. The the energy around that night mm. is something I'll never forget. How incredible that was. Um, just sticking with a question, uh, something about Laura Kane during her um, opening speech, she said one of the priorities is higher scoring. Yeah. So how do you propose? for that to happen <laughs> well we've increased each game by eight minutes so okay th- that straight away gives you um the opportunity for more scoring mm. um which is higher scoring we've also introduced uh five rule changes that we believe as a package will actually allow for more scoring so you add eight minutes to every game uh we've also added an interchange cap 
Um, we've in the inside 50s, you know how all the way around the oval we've been bringing the boundary in by 10 metres yes. for the throw-ins. What we've found is inside the 50 arcs is they've done like, it's like a CSI episode, they've done like a splat patter <laughs> pattern of where the ball's landed uh, over time that we brought those boundaries in. And it's actually not landing um, majority of the time in a position for scoring. It goes out the D50 and goes out the back and gets turned over. So by bringing it out to the boundary line inside 50s, the umpiring team um, are very confident that it's going to actually land in a place that's better that for scoring. That they can move it forward yeah. or something. Okay. So that, that's interesting. Interchange cap of 60, which means it's going to increase fatigue and with increased fatigue defensively some mistakes mm. occur so with those mistakes <laughs> scoring happens <laughs> so so it, seriously it, ha- it has it has the analytics crew and um professor damien farrow has been leading this and if you don't know who damien is prior to being at the afl he helped mac horton win a gold medal in the 400 freestyle in beijing by coming in and working with his his sorry in rio working with his um his turns from a skill acquisition point of view. So he's he's a pretty smart guy. So he's been looking at this for, for a couple of years now. So he knows how to do the one percenters or the... He does know how to do the one percenters. Yes. Okay. Yep. Beautiful. Uh, one question. We did ask Laura this as a disclaimer, so we will compare your answers. Oh, God. No, I'm kidding. We're normally in sync, so let's see. <laughs> uh, so the 5 p.m. games have been a bit controversial with some yep. people. Yeah. Uh, we... And when we asked Laura, she did have an answer. But um, what are your thoughts on this time slot? Because as someone who's paid for home and away memberships, there's some 5pm games that I'm not going to be able to get to because yeah. of work. Yeah, so the Friday 5pm, uh, of course, it's it's um, a bit like prawns and avocado. You're either going to love it or hate it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, hate. but we do see it as a family-friendly slot on the weekends as well. So for families to be able to take kids, it's not the 7pm slot. So they can actually go enjoy a game of AFLW. It's not as long as the men's game. So um, we believe that those 5pm friendly slots, I think the way that we consume things, it's changing as well. I don't know how many people you know that are actually at work at 5pm on a Friday these days. The majority <laughs> of them potentially are working from home and and could head off to the footy or could be working as they're transporting themselves to the footy. Um, So, you know, we we think that they will work, particularly on Saturdays and Sundays, we think they'll work well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, your answers compare. We lose the five (laughs) o'clock games actually while the men's finals are on and then we we bring them back um, post the finals. Okay. All right, your answers were the same, so you passed the test. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's interesting that you say about um, your putting matches before the men's because the NRL have – well, the NRLW have done that success – well, quite successfully before the Yeah, before we're, the we're not doing any double headers. Oh, um, sorry, I'm, no. I misunderstood. I thought you were saying – No, we're oh, not. you're moving not, the five o'clock. Yeah, okay. we, we do move the time slots around a little so that there is a bit of clean air between the men's and the women's games. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not doing any double headers. And, um, you know, from our point of view, we actually want AFLW to thrive commercially as well. So when we – there are so many things to consider with double headers. Are we asking fans to stay instead of three hours at a men's game? We're now asking them to tack on a women's game as well. There's got to be an hour between the two games. So you're asking them essentially to go for six hours to a venue. I don't know that that resonates well, first thing. Second thing is um, with the men's competition, 
we, we can't put our signage on ground. Um, you can't coexist. Mm. So then, then we have to explain to our sponsors why we can't have our signage on the ground. So but if the signage is digital, as it, uh, how can that not be? Then, then you're missing just no, Well, then you're missing ninety thousand at, uh, at okay, stadium yep. that don't get to see that signage. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, trust me, we've prosecuted all of it. <laughs> you name it, we've prosecuted Fair it enough. and, and tried to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. We might just quickly jump forward to Pride Round, which yes. is always, you know, a, a wonderful calendar event yes. for, it's, for it's gay Christmas for for <laughs> chicks talking footy, but for the you know LGBTI community and hopefully for communities beyond that. Um, so, what are we expecting for that? And well, and why aren't the men's league following? <laughs> Look, let's do it in two yeah. parts. Yeah. What 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 are yeah. we expecting in in round? Round 10 We're for that Pride round. expecting a wash of colour. I know that. Um, we, uh, I'm going to tell you a bit of a scoop. We've got a Pride footy for the first time. <gasps> oh, how unreal. Yeah. So oh, it's pretty exciting. exciting. Um, I know my media guy's sitting beside me, Caleb, so he's now going, damn, there's one thing that we don't get to announce when we do Pride. <laughs> is that? Is that um, well, we're the environment to announce yeah, it. It's fine, so. it's fine. <laughs> so it's really awesome. And I think I think Sharon's looking at doing some mini footies as well. So now, now I've said it out loud share and have to do mini footies Um, i'll buy one so we've got we've i'm going to jump back to indigenous we've got a beautiful indigenous um ball but we've had an indigenous ball before and gab our artist is actually michael o'loughlin's sister so she's done a wonderful um uh, piece of artwork in the indigenous ball or on the indigenous ball and then we've got a pride footy for the first time so I'm pretty excited about that. Wonderful for both. Which is the Indigenous round? While, while uh, seven, and seven and eight. Seven and eight. Seven okay. and eight and then ten, round ten. We finish with a bang um, and a celebration of AFLW with Pride Round. Because uh, last week the um, Four Corners report came out. Yeah. Uh, and one of, uh, Yeah, so it's shown the difference in the, in the way we celebrate Pride between the men's and women. I mean, there's a stark difference. Mm. Uh, what do you think the the solutions are there or will we ever get a pride round in the men's well i can speak for the women's and and um what i will say is that we are very welcoming in aflw i think the the core of our our base has come from the lgbtqi plus community and we've celebrated it we as you know we've gone from a match to a couple of matches now to a pride round i think this is our third year that we've had a full pride round um, it's important for us uh, as AFLW not only to wrap our arms around our players and, and our community, but also to allow footy to be a safe place for people to come. And that's what AFLW has always been. Um, you know, from, from, I guess, from my point of view, and I think organ- organisationally as well, that if a male player was gay and wanted to come out as gay, we'd all wrap our arms around them, um, whether it's one player, whether it's more than one player. Um, uh, you know, there are people that I work with. We, we have um, a Pride and Allies um, committee at work. So um, I think if a player was gay and wanted to, to come out from a men's competition point of view, we would all wrap our arms around them. We were having a debate, weren't we, on our uh, Chicks Talking Footy chat because a show is not enough for us. We have a we have a messenger <laughs> chat that we're constantly on, and we were actually this morning. You know, maybe it's not the on field. Maybe it is the broader. Perhaps it's the audience, not mm. the clubs, mm. and then extrapolated from that. And maybe it is just the broader community who are not yeah. going to accept it, rather than actual football people. 
Yeah, but because I've seen it in AFLW, uh, even the acceptance of women playing football uh, is still not resonating with some sections of, mm, of um, the community. Mm. Um, and we do our best to stay on top of that from a social media point of view, but there are still people that say that women shouldn't be playing football. Um, so uh, I think it's in time it, it, that is changing. We're seeing it less uh, and we hope generationally as we see more little boys come to the footy with their dads, with their mums, with their sisters, that that changes, that there is this respect of women playing football and it suddenly is just footy. Um, you know, that's utopia where we're not talking about, you know, it being men's footy or women's footy, just everybody gets to play football. I think that's the same when we're talking about, um, you know, the comfortability of being who you are uh, in your own skin, whether you're a male player or a female player. So I think it's the community getting giving it support around it as well and uh, acceptance as well. Well, that's a, a perfect uh, discussion to go out on. So, Nick, thank you very much for coming to join us on Chicks Talking Footy on the eve of the season. We are beyond excited as I, as I reckon you are. So uh, see you at the footy sometime. Well, the doggies are coming back online with Witten Oval, so we normally catch up at Witten Oval. Yeah, Oval. okay. So I think after round uh, at round five they come online with their new redevelopment. So I'm looking forward to going to many venues and Witten being one of them. All yeah. right, I'll, I'll put it in the diary. I see you and putting it in your yeah, diary. Yeah, I'm putting it in and we, um, we hope to also do something around Pride Round. Yeah. So right. now that I've said it on air. Who's going <laughs> to win the grand final? Wait, back Ooh. up. Come on. And you can't say yes and then a horse on. Or yeah. you can if you wanted to. Oh, I don't know. you on the yeah, hop. Oh, yeah, you absolutely is, have. I is, haven't. I mean, it's hard with um, this part of the season because we don't know how the – You don't know yet. It's and been so long. And practice matches some. aren't something to go on. I, I was talking about Melbourne and Brisbane. I mean, lay down Mazaire always. Yeah. But I reckon North's pretty keen. Well, mm. 34 players have, uh, around have moved clubs mm. this year. You've uh, – this – from between seven and eight. You've also got – the likes of Collingwood, who are now going to have basically two recruits to have Britt Benici Britain and Bree Davey back, yeah. which even though they've lost Jamie Lambert from the middle yeah. and Steph on the outside, Steph Ciocci and Chloe Miller, Chloe didn't have a great season. No, Sorry, she's, Chloe. Fly, she's flying up at Of course at she is. She's thriving. But that's, that's a big change yeah. to a team. So. I wouldn't be surprised if there's something, if they're good. With the pies, yeah, mm. I, reckon, I reckon you're right. Yeah. Mm. Alrighty. We all sat on the, we all sat on the fence really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again. Pleasure. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to another Joy Podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organization, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.